We kick off Thursday's show by hearing from Morning Focus listener Jean Hanrahan. Jean, who is from Quinn, had to bring her daughter Orla to University Hospital Limerick recently. Orla, who has special needs, ended up facing a lengthy wait on a trolley in UHL. Jean posted about hers and Orla's experience on Facebook and it's clear she was not one bit impressed by what she saw. Corridors lined with trolleys, patients who didn't have a trolley sitting on chairs and no privacy amongst other issues. So I caught up with Jean earlier who shared her story. It was last Sunday week, Alan, but she lost consciousness at home and um, I contacted Shannon Doc and we were seen really quickly. And from there we were uh, advised to go straight to University Hospital Limerick, which we did. And um, we were triaged pretty quickly after arriving there. And they, um, the nurse the triagist had said that she would try and get us on to the medical assessment unit as opposed to stay in the accident and emergency department. So within a couple of hours, I'd say we were um, moved up to the medical assessment unit and she was on a trolley um, in the corridor. Um, we were admitted by one of the doctors and um, she stayed there on the trolley um, on the corridor overnight. So I guess the first observation I would have had is that, you know, medical assessment unit is really just an extension of A&E. There's just trolleys everywhere, trolleys in bays, the trolleys on corridors. And can I ask, Jean, Um, with the amount of trolleys, was it difficult for you or for the staff to, to move about freely? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean... We were placed in a trolley outside the bathroom the first night and um, I, because of Orla's disability, she also has, has a physical disability, so I wouldn't leave her for any length of time because she would need assistance going to and from the bathroom or, you know, any, any for kind of personal care needs. So I was given a chair and a really kind guy gave me a blanket as well. Uh, but anytime anybody wants to pass out, you know, you'd have to move your chair. Um, so, yeah, it was really difficult. I mean, I... I witnessed the doctors and the nurses and the care assistants and the catering staff and the cleaners just weaving in and out through trolleys trying to keep the show on the road. And Orla was on a trolley just by outside a bathroom, but there was no partition or anything for, no, for no, privacy? No. no, no, absolutely not. No, no, it was, it was, you know, it was on the corridor. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the next day... Oh, we met the the medical team, the doctors, and they would have, um, you know, uh, asked for a number of tests for her to, to be done. And we were then in the afternoon, um, we were moved to a bay. So it wasn't a cubicle, it was a bay with, you know, disposable curtains around us. And we stayed there then until the Wednesday. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was just, I, I guess, my, I, I'm going in and out of the region with Orla for 21 years now. We moved back in 2003 from the UK, and so we've. She would be. She was. She has complex medical needs, and so we've lots of occasions been in and out of there. And I would say, Alan, it's probably definitely the worst experience we've had. It sounds. Um, it sounds like it was lengthy. Yeah, it sounds like it was a lengthy stay. We we're talking about what three, three, four yeah, nights, days, and nights. Yeah, three nights, four days. Yeah, on a trolley. Um, and I and I guess for me, my worry, apart from you know her her, her the ailment that she went in with, um, she would have uh, she's immunocompromised, and so she, any exposure to anything she picks up really quickly. And we had just she'd just gone over got over a lung infection at home, because I'm not one to be running to hospitals either. I prefer where she can be treated at home. We prefer to treat her at home because she's in you know a, a safe environment where 
she's not exposed to all sorts of bugs. But this time, you know, there was lots of tests that had to be ran. We had to stay in there. You know, I did say to her, you'd say to them inside there, and they knew that as soon as they could, they would discharge her. Um, but I would have had, just want to make it very clear, Alan, I would have no problem with the uh, clinical care she received. Um, or, like, I'm the nursing staff were a wonderful, the, the allied health care assistants, everybody, you know, they worked really, we could just see them all. They, I, I'm not sure how they can face it day in, day out, because it was chaotic and it was like bedlam. And you were, and to be fair to Eugene, you in your Facebook post were uh, were at pains to pay tribute or give plaudits to the staff at at UHL, not just yeah. the medical staff, but also the catering staff. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, because I mean, I wouldn't dare leave her side or the side even to to have something to eat because you're then going to miss maybe a doctor that might have just been able to pop up. Because when you're in the the medical assessment unit, it's not like if you're on a ward. When you're in a ward, you generally know that the ward round is going to be at 11 o'clock or it's going to be at 12 o'clock, you know, so you're going to meet the doctors. But when you're in a place like that, the medical assessment unit, they can pop in at any time. They could be seeing another patient and just might pop over to you to give you an update of what's going on. So I didn't dare, you know, move out of where I was, apart from to use the the bathroom facilities there. Um, But yeah, the the catering staff were great. You know, they made sure I had a cup of tea and, you know, a bit to eat as well. Um, And, you know, I I would just say that from that point of view, um, you know, everything moved along very nicely. But from from an operational perspective, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I, I just don't know how how the government, how the HSE, you know, how the head of the HSE can stand over you know, the, the 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 lack of dignity and respect for patients on trolleys. You know, we were privy to everybody else's medical, you know, history because you're just in behind a curtain. They could hear our stories. We could hear their stories, you know. So even from a GDPR perspective, I'm not sure how they can stand over the overcrowding. Which is, that's actually, that's a very good point to make. And mm. I, I just wonder, Jean, how, how Orla felt. Is, is she able to express, yeah, you know, if she's dissatisfied with the situation and did you express your dissatisfaction to the staff? No, I didn't. I didn't. I, I was not going to put them under any pressure because as far as I was concerned, this is a management issue. It's not an on the ground issue. This is a management issue. So there was absolutely no point in me, you know, complaining to anybody. Uh, and like I said, the clinical care and all the rest, I had no issue with. Um, Orla is very articulate um, because I guess we're in and out of hospital so many times. She has the patience of a saint. Um, you know, she obviously doesn't ever want to be in hospital, but she knew that we weren't, you know, able to go until such time as, you know, they found the root cause of her ailment. And, uh, yeah, she's just great. And all I just say is thank God for smartphones and for Netflix and for all the other, you know, apps and stuff that she was able to just, you know, because we wouldn't have had any television or anything like that because you're in a cubicle. So she just amused herself and we chatted and we played X's and O's and, you know, the usual bits and pieces that you try and kind of just pass the time by. Um, but no, she's, she was absolutely great. And, you know, I guess it's because she's so often in hospital that, and I'm there with her that we're well used to, you know, waiting and uh, waiting rooms and, you know, waiting for admissions and stuff like that. But I, I suppose I was just really agog with how bad the situation is. And just to reiterate, you you you, you mentioned earlier, this is of all the times, and I'm sure with Orly, you've been to University Hospital Limerick countless yeah. times at this stage over countless the past two times. decades. This is the countless worst experience times. you've had. Yeah, worst experience I've had. I mean, we've been 
to UHL. We were in UHL two years ago. Um, she was admitted as an emergency because she had, uh, you know, a perforated appendix. We had a small time on A&E and then straight up to, you know, surgery. Uh, four years ago, we were admitted to Ennis General. In fact, they, they were able to get us over to the medical assessment unit there. And she became an inpatient there for a whole week and it was an absolute pleasure. You know what the difference was, Alan? You know when you're sick and you just want a really calm environment because you want to just feel as though you can recuperate. And she did that with gusto when we were in Ennis General because it was, the care was absolutely fantastic. Uh, The facilities were beautiful. Um, And you know, it's easier to recover in a calm environment. Whereas when you're on a trolley with the chaos around you, I just felt so sorry for Orla as well as all the other patients trying to lie in a bed trying to get some sleep just trying to get down and get through the day with the chaos so yeah we would have been to you know Limerick Regional Crumlin Great Ormond Street um, East Anglia Hospital Southampton General we've been all over um, but yeah I would say to you that it was I'm, I'm, I'm kid you not and I'm not exaggerating I'm still traumatised from the four days I was down there with just the whole just what I experienced. You know, elderly people that have given their life's work probably to this, you know, this government and this, you know, to Ireland and they're expected to lie on trolleys and, you know, be treated on trolleys and just no end to it. I, I don't know what, I don't know where it's going to go, Alan. I don't know what the answer is, but I just know that 21 years down the road, it's far worse than it was 20 years ago. Given you recounted yourself and Orla's pleasant experience at Ennis General, and we obviously mm. recently, it was a, uh, this was all very much a talking point on the show in light of the uh, record overcrowding figure of 132 yeah. at University Hospital Limerick. Uh, yeah. The calls again for the EDs in Ennis, Nina and St. John's to be open, even the suggestion from Councillor Killian Murphy that there should be a focus from stakeholders in the Midwest to push for one solution, that being an upgrade of Ennis to a Model 3 hospital with an ED. Uh, And again, the issue of reconfiguration having failed comes to the fore. When you hear all these potential solutions, uh, what's your view on it, Jean? What do you think is the best way to go? I I don't know what the best way to go is, but I just know that, you know, we were admitted to a medical assessment unit. There is a medical assessment unit in Ennis. You know, why, you, you know, I suppose I don't understand why if we were at the medical assessment unit in Limerick, why we couldn't have been, you know, transferred out to the medical assessment unit in Ennis. I definitely know that they, you know, where possible, um, you know, we would have gone to the medical assessment unit in, in, in Ennis previously and she would have been treated. And sometimes she was obviously discharged without having to be an inpatient. But something has to give... Alan, and there's something wrong when the government are throwing good money after bad to UHL and it's it's not solving the problem. There's something has to, you know, somebody has to take a long, hard look. You know, and like I said to somebody yesterday, you know, all these managers, you know, they can, you know, tell us until the cows come home, they're doing the best they can. But, you know, the best way for them to experience it is, is to get on a trolley and stay on a trolley for two and three days. And maybe then it will hit home, you know, how bad it is. Because you know yourself, these people, if they were admitted to hospital tomorrow morning, they will be fast-tracked right up to a ward. They're not going to have to experience what the ordinary Joe Soaps in this country are expected to, you know, to experience. So I don't know what the answer is, but, you know, they need to have a long, hard look at what's going on. And put their hands up and say, we've got it wrong. We've got it wrong. And that is a suggestion, Jean. You're not just... Uh, extending to UL Hospitals Group Management, but also the Health Minister, the CEO oh, of the HSC. Oh, absolutely, and we'll bring him in some grapes. 
you know? <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, no, I mean it, Helen. I'm gone so cynical now that I just don't. It's like we are navigating the disability services since we came back, you know, in 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 um, 2003, and 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 it's pretty, you know, tough going. But like when we were in children's services, you know, with pediatricians, we had at least a kind of, um, you know, we had we had a there was a much more of a communication between doctors and everything else. Whereas, you know, you reach 16, 17, you go from Crumlin where you have all the specialities under one roof um, to then, you know, go to, so you have, we have two people in UHL that she's under, we have three people at the matter she's under and we have one person in Beaumont and nobody talking to each other. So even that, as well as, you know, negotiating and navigating the medical side of things, you're trying to navigate her whole, there's no holistic approach to disabilities, you know. And, you know, I think it's just unfortunate that she, with her compromised immune system and everything else, had to be exposed like the rest of, you know, the general public for four days and three nights. I was just so lucky that we got out of there without her actually having, you know, picked up something else. Well, thankfully, uh, she didn't. And yeah, hopefully Aura's uh, OK at the moment. Jean, yeah, she is. thank you so much for joining us and, and sharing welcome, your Alan. story with us. You're welcome. Thank you. And that was Jean Hanrahan who I was speaking with earlier on and we have received a statement from UL Hospitals Group in relation to Jean's experience. It says UL Hospitals Group always regrets to hear about or from people who have had a poor patient experience in our hospitals. The kind of experience outlined by Ms Hanrahan and her daughter Orla is not what we wish to provide for patients and reducing lengthy wait times remains a priority focus for our healthcare teams. Throughout January, University Hospital Limerick has experienced extremely high demand for our services with the hospital's emergency department a particular pressure point. In the month to date, a daily average of 227 patients attended ED. The month's highest attendance, 277 on Tuesday the 2nd of January, was well in excess of average daily ED presentations and attendance has exceeded 250 on eight days. UL Hospitals Group with health and social care teams across the Midwest are working at full capacity to meet this exceptional demand working to the UL Hospitals Group escalation framework to maximise patient flow and minimise impact on scheduled surgeries. We've opened additional surge capacity across all our hospitals, including assessment units at UHL. None of the above is to minimise the frustration and inconvenience for any admitted patients who experience long waits on trolleys for inpatient beds. We apologise to those who have been impacted and continue working to ensure all patients are assessed and admitted as soon as possible. So that's the statement from the UL Hospitals Group in relation to uh, Jean's story. Story 